Hi, this is Jill Jarris. From September 2017 through April 2020, this podcast was known as Olympic Fever. We've since changed its name to keep the flame alive, but we're committed to keeping our back catalog available to you. So please keep the name change and this disclaimer in mind as you listen to it. Olympic is a trademark of the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or USOPC. Any use of Olympic in the Olympic Fever podcast is strictly for informational and commentary purposes. The Olympic Fever podcast is not an official podcast of the USOPC. The Olympic Fever podcast is not a sponsor of the USOPC, nor is Olympic Fever associated with or endorsed by the USOPC in any way. The content of Olympic Fever podcast does not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the USOPC, and the USOPC in no way warrants that content featured in Olympic Fever is accurate. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. The Olympics always sort of elevate it. They're bigger, they're longer, they're faster, they're more dangerous, and uh, Korea is no exception. Mesdames et messieurs, the greatest festival of our contemporary society, the Olympic Games, is about to begin. This is going to be close. Oh! You can do it! You can do it! Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! But that is an Olympic champion. Ready? Hello and welcome to another episode of Olympic Fever. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by the lovely Allison Brown. Hello, Allison. How are you this week? I am doing great. How are you, Miss Jill? I'm doing well. I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm not as super excited about uh, this week's topic. <laughs> That's horrible to say. <laughs> <laughs> this week's topic sucks. Yeah. No, it doesn't suck. I'm, I am excited about it because it does incorporate one of my favorite events and... Um, I am very excited about that, but we are talking about snowboard today, and I think for ageless women like us, the inclusion of snowboard into the Olympic program is not as exciting as it is to maybe, say, people of another generation. Wouldn't you say that? I don't know. I I do enjoy a good, crazy person going and crashing in a half pipe. <laughs> No, I sit there. I cannot watch half pipe ever since I've heard about the accidents and people getting paralyzed. I can't, but that's me. I worry too much. I worry too much about these kids. It's awful. Right. And now that I met them, I'm going to worry about them more. It's going to be okay, though. It's going to be good games, good good Olympics, no injuries, no nothing. But today we are talking about snowboard, and it is one of the newer events in the Olympic program. It's got five different disciplines. There's half pipe, which is snowboarders skiing through a half pipe doing tricks. There's slope style, which is the similar to the ski slope style that we talked with um, talked to Devin Logan about a few weeks ago, and that's going down a hill and doing tricks over rails and jumps and flips and things like that, and that's that's cool and interesting. Then there's snowboard cross, which is like it's a bit like demo, demolition derby. It is like demolition derby. I just I I do think that's 
the best edition. I love Snowboard Cross so much, and they just don't have enough of it. I think they need multiple Snowboard Cross events to make <laughs> my Olympics. I'm so excited. Distances. Yes, yes. The big hill, the small hill, whatever, more. Then we've got Parallel Giant Slalom, which is similar to slalom on skiing. And then new this year, we have Big Air, which is kind of like... Aerials. Ski. It's aerials plus ski jump, kind of. So it's down a huge hill, and then they do a big trick. Instead of trying to land far, they try to, to do the biggest trick they can. Um, today, we have uh, two people that we talked to at Team USA Winterfest, uh, 100 Days Out. First up, I talk with Alex Diebold, who won the bronze medal in Sochi for snowboard cross. And then Allison talks with Chloe Kim, who was too young for Sochi, but she went to the Youth Olympic Games and won gold medals in halfpipe and slope style. Now she's 17 and she's mathematically qualified for Pyeongchang. So take a listen to Alex and Chloe. Oh no, you are snowboard cross. Yes, I am. Oh my gosh, how much fun is that? It's a ton of fun. Oh my gosh, that is like one of the best new sports I've seen. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, how did you get into snowboard cross? Like, I mean, you snowboarded. Yeah, growing up, I, I went to a ski. I was really fortunate to go to a ski academy, and our coaches wanted us to do all five disciplines. Okay. Half pipe, slope style, GS, slalom, and border cross. And for me, border cross is a great combination of all of them. Okay. And for, you know, it's one of those things that I started pretty young without knowing it, where you just want to race your buddies down the hill. Like that's uh, how it starts. Mm -hmm. More than anything else, it's like I, I can beat you to the bottom. And so uh, throughout the years, I started to have a little bit of success. And uh, when I was a senior in high school in, in 2004, I, I got fourth at U.S. Nationals and an inv invitation onto the team. And the rest is history. All right. Um, when Pete, one of the things we like to do with our show is to make our uh, listeners better educated viewers. Of course. So what would you say is important to look for in, when, when someone's watching your sport? One easy thing to look at right away is the whole shot. If six guys, you come out of the start gate all at the same time, and the first rider to make it into the first turn is considered getting the whole shot. And being out in front is uh, it can be a big advantage. You're basically you're dictating the pace of the race and setting the line. Uh, what's it, what's going to be great about the the track in Pyeongchang and something that, that spectators should look out for is drafting plays a big role in our sport. When you have a long, fast course like we do in Korea, you'll see riders sort of tuck in behind other riders to try and stay in their draft, and you, you can gain up to a 15% advantage as far as wind resistance from tucking in behind okay. the competitor in front of you. So while the whole shot is important in a lot of races, a great part about Korea is that there's plenty of passing opportunities, and so you'll see people sort of slot in behind the rider in front and try and draft up past them to, okay. uh, to make Kinda it Kind of like, like auto racing. Exactly okay. like in NASCAR. Okay. Yep. So how is it, have you done the course? Have I you, have. Okay, what do, you, what do you think of it compared to, uh, you were in Sochi, right? I was in Sochi. Sochi yeah. was a phenomenal course. The Olympics always sort of elevated. They're bigger, they're longer, they're faster, they're more dangerous, and uh, Korea is no exception. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful build, it's a great hill space, it's long, uh, it's technical and challenging. Um, 
and it, it really leads itself to great racing. Okay. Like there's going to be phenomenal passing. It's just going to be a, a great spectator event. Okay. When you talk about long, is that like time wise? Time wise. Yeah. So, like, how long does it take about on average to go down that hill? The the Olympic track um, is probably going to be somewhere between. <laughs> A minute 10 and a minute 20, depending on snow okay. conditions. Maybe even longer than that. Okay, and how does that compare to a... A normal World Cup track is anywhere between 50 seconds and a, and a minute, maybe minute 5, minute okay. 10. So, and it doesn't seem like that time difference from like right. 55 seconds to a minute 15 doesn't seem like a big time difference when you're just talking about it, but right. when you're out there going absolutely as hard as you possibly can, yeah. it's 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 a lot longer, there's a lot more opportunities for people to make mistakes, people to pass, and it's uh, it just makes it more exciting. How do you train for the endurance? Because it takes more endurance, obviously. Yeah, it does. So. Um, you know, we know what the track is like going into it, we've had a chance to preview it, and so we have, you know, fortunate to have a really competent training staff, so they know that going into this season for the when we need to peak for the Olympics it's important to have maybe a little bit more endurance in, in our back pocket so that okay. we can you know go through the rounds and not get too tired okay what do you do for cross training everything I, I ride mountain bikes I skateboard we spend a lot of time in the gym I know I'm a snowboarder and people kind of give us a bad rap but you know we're in the gym four days a week okay. we have workouts five days a week and uh, you know everything we do some pretty specialized stuff that people might have never seen and we do this the basics that you see everybody doing in a normal gym squats push-ups a lot of core stability stuff like that so um how was like what was your best moment at Sochi like both competing wise and not and and just having fun uh I mean obviously competing like being an underdog and bringing home a medal like was unexpected it was a, it was a huge moment in my life let alone the Olympic Games uh I would say, I would say fun-wise, you know, everyone talks about the opening ceremonies yeah. being this really proud moment, but for me, closing ceremonies was a lot of fun. It's a lot less formal. Mm -hmm. you, you walk out with all the other nations together, and it, it has this sort of laid-back vibe. It's more of a celebration mm -hmm. instead of a preparation. Okay. So closing ceremonies to me, man, was it was so cool to, to just be a part of that with all these other countries. Did you? Uh Meet, uh, make friends with other athletes in other sports? Tons. Like, yeah. Tons. It, it's funny but because before Sochi, I, I didn't know any of the sliders, you know, bobsled, luge. I didn't know any of the skaters. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've, a, I've able to meet a bunch of them and stay in touch with them throughout the years. Um, and it, it's been really cool to see some of those friendships sort of mature and grow a little bit. Come to events like this and mm -hmm. seeing old friends, it, it's 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 really it's really unique and really fortunate. It's, it's awesome to get to meet people from, from sports that I've never even tried or thought of. Yeah. Uh, if you would try another Olympic sport, what would you want to try? Winter or summer? A boat. Let's go. I think I mean, another winter Olympic sport I'd love to try is, is probably luge or skeleton. Okay. Um, I'd love to, to get on the ice and see how fast I could get going. And summer, I'd definitely have to say golf. I'm a oh, big. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Were a. Were you excited to have golf back? Oh yeah, big time. It was cool to see those guys in Rio. Um, I'm definitely a, a big golfer. You know, chip working on my handicap, trying to get my scores lower and lower. I, I think I'll be making the, the tour anytime soon. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's something my grandfather taught me when I was a little kid, and it's something I still enjoy to this day. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank um, you so much.
Half-Life terrifies me. I watch it and I sit there and I, I hold the sides of my chair because I worry about you all. Oh, it terrifies me too. Okay, so tell me about not being terrified. I like, I feel like I worry way more when I'm not snowboarding. When I'm like up and I'm like, I got this, it's fine. <laughs> okay, so what do we not know about your sport that you wish we did? Um, I feel like a lot of people just think we just do like our... Um, like our main discipline. Okay. And that's not the truth. Like I do half pipe, but I also love riding slope style and like jumps and stuff and like batting powder. So um, yeah, definitely we we can do it all. Do you wish they would? Do you wish the media would cover it differently? Uh, like when they show it on television, when they have the events, is there something that you'd like to see them do differently? I mean, I feel like they do a pretty good job. Good. I just feel like like. You know, filming action sports is hard because it's so unpredictable. They do And how do you feel about these events? I mean, you know, this is my first time at 100 Days Out, so I'm really excited to be here. It's my first time here, too. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Alex and Chloe. We will be cheering for you, and hopefully you'll be making the team. Um, team USA will be sending a maximum of 26 snowboarding athletes, and they will confirm everyone on January 22nd. That's a lot of athletes. It is a lot. It's a big team. But then you yeah. think there's, well, there's five events and there's men's and women's for both. So you're talking it's, 10 yeah. events. And so they send two plus a few extras, two per event plus a few extras. Well, it's been an exciting week of Olympic qualifications in the United States. And that's been on the ice with speed skating and figure skating. And I have to say, in speed skating, I'm really super excited for Aaron Jackson. Aaron Jackson has qualified in long track in the 500 meters, and she is the first African-American speed skater to qualify for the Olympics for the United States. So that is really exciting, and I have a little connection to her through roller derby because I've officiated her at some point in my career. She, she plays with the Jacksonville uh, Roller Derby League and is one of their superstars. She's an amazing quad skater, so I can only imagine when she's like on ice. So congratulations, Erin. The other big Olympic qualifier, which of course is very controversial here in the United States, is figure skating. And yes. it's always a controversy. So yes, because we have the U.S. Nationals and the team is not immediately awarded based on your results in Nationals. So, and this was a, so we get three spots for ladies this time, one spot for pairs, three for men and three for dance. So you have the U.S. Nationals. Generally, the person who wins is going to get to go. The other two spots are then determined based on your body of work, last year's Nationals and this year's competitive season, the Grand Prix. Skate America, Skate Canada, all the various uh, competitions that go on during the year. However, the way this year panned out, it wasn't controversial in that the top three pretty much went in every discipline. And the, and the winner in, in pairs, the controversy was created kind of four years ago when uh, Mira Nagasu finished third in nationals was left off the team in favor of Ashley Wagner. 
and she had gone in 2010. Well, Mira Nagasu finished second. She was fantastic. She had a beautiful program and she is going back and I could not be more excited for her. Oh, I, I know. Love a good comeback story. And she's a, a, a really, really nice skater to watch. Yeah, yeah. I remember when she, in 2008, she won her first national and she was like four years old. She was ridiculously young and she's matured so much and developed so much and just kept going. You know, yes. she just kept going. So that I'm really excited to see her go back. So the controversy is last time around, Ashley Wagner finished fourth and behind Mira Nagasu, but she was named to the Olympic team. Well, this time around, Ashley Wagner finished fourth. She was not named to the team, and she had a lot to say about it. Yes. She tweeted a lot about complaining about the judges' scores, and I want to say some very not nice things to Ashley Wagner and just say, you know what, Ashley Wagner, you under-rotated most of your jumps, both your poor, your programs were boring and uninspired, and you did not deserve to go this time. No, and her short program was a redux from a few years ago. And, and it was not a, a good one. No, it, well, yeah, and I had seen that program back then, and I loved it because I loved the music, and I thought she did a great job then. But she looked really lackluster this time around. And the program being the same as something that came out three years ago, you know, you should be able to up the difficulty or show something more that shows how you've grown and changed. And that I didn't see from her. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem with a redone program. I mean, Michelle Kwan used the same short program for both and it was stunning. And um, the Canadian pair, uh, Sally and Peltier repeated that love story program at the Olympics, but it was a gorgeous program and they brought such beauty to it that I could have watched that program a hundred more times. Right. Ashley Wagner's short program. I didn't remember from a few years ago and I just saw it this time and I did not want to watch it again. No, which is, which is a shame because that's not what you want to do as an athlete and performer. You want people to want to watch you over and over again. And Ashley Wagner just sadly did not have that oomph this time around. And I think that shows in what Team USA or USA Figure Skating decided to select for its team. Yeah, so. and and I'm excited about the team. Um, I was a little disappointed for our friend. Oh, uh, yes. Nave Bartolome. He, uh, he and his partner, uh, Dina Stilato, finished third. Be- great finish. Oh, and it was their short program was so beautiful. I had gorgeous, tears. In, gorgeous. I had tears in my eyes. It was they did so well, and then uh, in their long program, they uh, attempted a throw quad sal count, yes, and which would have been the first time it would have been landed in competition, and they went for it and it failed, but they still like hung on and kept going and just beautiful, beautiful artistry out of the two of them. They really, in such a short time have made a really compelling pair. Yes. They, they did a beautiful job. So they should not be uh, ashamed of that third place finish. That was really, really exciting. And and, uh, it was funny because I was looking at some of the 
analyst predictions from uh, one of the big ice skating uh, websites, and they weren't on anybody's radar either. Like, one person finished them to place somewhere, but not near the top. But out of, like, four or five analysts, like, nobody had them on their radar. And yeah, so I'm they so definitely yeah. Yeah, exceeded expectations. And, you know, having spoken to him, we know how important skating clean. And other than mm-hmm. that one bobble, bobble on the throw quad, mm-hmm. which was, you know, beyond what anyone else has done, it really was a beautiful program. Oh, right, right. So proud. So, yeah, so congratulations proud of you, Nate. It was really nice. So, and, yeah, stay tuned because we're going to have Nate back to talk about figure skating. At and some I point. can complain some more about the state <laughs> of American figure skating. I'm sure. No, oh. I promise to be positive and enjoy the programs. So, but it'll be good. All right, moving on to trivia time. Okay, so my trivia yes. is a figure skating trivia. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so this year, uh, the United States only qualified one team for the pairs uh, because they have not been, the United States has not been particularly successful in uh, pair skating on the international level. The last Olympic medal was won in a bronze medal by the U.S. in 1988. What? Yes, Jill Watson and Peter Opegaard. When was the last time the U.S. won a gold in the Olympics? In pairs figure skating? In pairs figure skating. Uh, Something in my brain says 1960. No. Later or earlier? No, I'm going to put you out of your misery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Oh, really? The United States has never won a gold medal in In Paris Paris figure skating. Well, I'm not surprised. So many other countries, i.e. Soviet Union and Russia and former Soviet countries, put a lot of emphasis on pairs. And whatever system that they have makes sure that pairs is included. So, all right. My question for you is snowboard. And uh, hopefully this isn't too bad. Um, Pyeongchang eliminated one event to make room for Big Air. Do you know what that event was? Oh. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't ski ballet. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine snowboard ballet? That would be really hard. It'd be a lot of you know. <laughs> Squatting, I guess. <laughs> and the hips. <laughs> Rocking back and forth. <laughs> um it's one of the races, isn't it? it isn't it, is it like race, the, yes. the thing where I don't remember what it was called, where like ten people would go at once? Don't know. No. Oh. Said say uh, it's it's parallel slalom. Oh, oh parallel so they, slalom. Right. So they still had the giant slalom parallel giant slalom but they got rid of the short race that has the flags closer together well that was just stupid anyway yeah. you know yeah when you have one do you need two in yeah a sense. i guess in a sense i don't know but it's interesting that they said okay you get five you get five events for this well and they I- have to limit remember yeah, as part do. of what is that program with the equality program or no not the equality uh, oh, program uh 2020 2020 okay 
Yeah, in pro right. in the right to keep the it cheaper plan right. twenty twenty. There's a cap on events. There's a cap right. on disciplines. There's That's a cap right. on number of athletes. That's so right. if you're going to add, you got to take away. Yep. And that's what we're feeling in Pyeongchang. So, all right. Speaking of Pyeongchang, it is closer and closer and closer. We are just a little bit over a month out. No, no. We're a month out. No. Yeah. This week, uh, we are a month out. So it's time to start your party planning, people. Right? I'm a little frightened by party planning. Why? Because I'm not a party person. <laughs> but I don't, it... I don't. I don't like people. That's why I have a podcast. Oh, <laughs> if you are a party person, it is time to. At least you got to start planning your party now. So we talked to Team USA's number one fan, who is verified. She won a contest. People, Sarah Patton, who told us how to prepare for the opening ceremonies. Take a listen. As so, Team USA's mm-hmm. number one fan, what do you do? So I like to incorporate sponsors. So we do a Kellogg's cereal bar. We do, I'm going to get those Coca-Cola bottles that are like share a Coke with Nathan Chen and all them. But we like to do giveaways. So I'll get on Team USA site and order some prizes, which we got some extra mittens when we were in New York. So we'll be giving those away. Um, We'll probably do Olympic trivia as a contest, but I have some friends that are from different countries. And so I do want a prize for whoever shows up the most patriotic, but it doesn't have to be just USA. Um, Like one of my good friends is from Panama. So he showed up in a Panamanian flag. And so we try to celebrate, you know, all the countries being in one place and it's mostly peaceful and trying to celebrate that. But yeah, and um, with it being in South Korea this year, we'll try to have some Korean snacks and hopefully I don't mess up any recipes. And um, since we're in Texas, we'll see how the weather is on February 9th. But we're hoping that we can do what we do for the Summer Olympics, which is we put a TV outside and um, kind of have the party where we have a TV inside, a TV outside, and kind of like we'll make Hershey s'mores and stuff like that with a little campfire. So yeah, lots of food, lots of drinks, try to have some games and make it very welcoming for anyone I meet because I have a problem. I keep inviting people. So (laughs) (laughs) like I'll meet strangers and just invite them to the party. So I don't know who's all coming. But I made the Facebook event like a year ago. I usually start planning a year out. <laughs> oh, so th- this is this is significant size. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I think I think for Rio we had about fifty. Oh, that's uh, cool. That's so, big. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a control. So what do you recommend for people who want to put a party together? Like, what should they think about? Like, well, I'll, I'll tell you what we do in, in our group yeah, of friends. We, we call it a Top Chef contest, but that's only because Top Chef used, usually is on. But everybody gets randomly assigned a sport, and they have to interpret that sport through food. So they bring I a dish. I love that. Oh, and we've had great ones. Like, we had, um, for Sochi, someone brought uh, chicken wings, and they were, like, short track speed skating. For rowing, somebody did, like... Uh, 
scooped out maybe they scooped out some kind of vegetable or did like celery and peanut butter and kind of things and it's been it's really fun to see what people come up with and how they decide to interpret we had uh for rio we also had a ceviche for sailing which i thought was quite clever um yes uh so you never know what you're gonna get but that's that's and we also will do uh prizes for that there's always gold silver and bronze and usually we'll have maybe a bingo or like a, a, a trivia or something because I don't want to put all the prizes based on your your cooking or your interpretation of food. Um, but anyway, so what uh, what kind of uh, strategy do you have for watching the games, especially when they've got so much streaming now? Because it is hard. I can tell you that it's hard. So definitely lots of planning ahead. I have already looked at which events are going to be priorities for me. And I'm trying to kind of manipulate my work schedule so I can make sure to catch the gold medal games. But um, my phone is my best friend and not to be too much of a brat, but historically... Um, over the past 10 years or so, any job I've worked in, it's kind of a given that during the Olympics, my phone is attached to me. So um, when I was in college and worked at Starbucks, I would be making drinks and have my phone propped up on the espresso machine and tell customers about the Olympics because I'm crazy. But so it's streaming and lots of Twitter updates. I go through and make sure I'm following every single journalist that I can find that's covering the games. I have a calendar. I prep out the events and each morning check it, which with Rio, we were spoiled because the time difference was not bad. But with Pyeongchang, we'll see. Um, I have a feeling I'll have some early mornings and maybe late nights and just have to do what I can because I don't want to have it spoiled for me. But if I wait until prime time, it's probably going to be spoiled for me. So might as well stream it live. How do you feel about watching when it is spoiled? Do you feel like... I still lose... try. Okay. <laughs> I still love it. Um yeah, I can still be excited about it. And it, sometimes it helps because I know what to look for. Uh, but I'm the kind of girl that if I read about a movie, spoiler, before I see a movie, it doesn't ruin it for me. I'm I'm more impatient. That's why I need to see it live. So, no, I will not be doing an Olympic party. I will be here just with, it'll just be me and my daughter and my husband. And my husband tries to avoid the whole thing altogether. So my Sarah and I will be sitting on the couch just ourselves. So what kind of things do you think we would include to make that a little bit more exciting? That's a good question. I mean, watching the Olympics, I think, is pretty exciting in and of itself. Maybe depending on what sport it is, kind of what Jill was talking about, themed food. Have some themed food to go with the with whatever you're watching at that moment, whether it's opening ceremony um, try some Korean recipe to make at home. Um, I have found some pretty, they appear to be easy recipes. We'll see if they actually are. <laughs> Korean and, fried chicken. Korean fried chicken is so good if you've got a place around you. Yes. Yes. We are blessed with having a little Korea town about 20 minutes away. So I will be raiding that grocery store, but yeah, I, I find it helpful whenever I'm engaging with people on Twitter while watching the Olympics, but only during commercial breaks because you don't want to miss the action by staring at your phone. 
Sarah, are you decorating? Because this is also like we put up the Olympics Broadcast Center, the home Olympic Broadcast Center. And I guess I'll make some mountains. And uh, we have a big blank wall behind the TV. So last for Rio, there was a big mountain with the the statue of Jesus and then just the logo. So that stayed up the whole game. So it was very nice. And then we have, uh, they call them sport rings that you find in a party store. Not yes, Olympic rings. They're sport rings, and so yes. we have have those up in various places throughout the house, and streamers because that's cheap, and balloons, and that stays up pretty much the whole two weeks. <laughs> it's very festive. <laughs> yes, no, I love that. That sounds magical. Yeah, I have a few boxes full of Olympic decorations, and yes, I get the sport rings. I also get. Um, from Party City or Oriental Trading, it's international games sets. So you can get the napkins and random stuff with flags on it, but they also have photo booth kits. So we will have a photo booth, um, which is a lot of fun. And um, we do get custom medals made. You can find some online, just custom medals. I think they were about $5 a piece last time. And on the back, we put the year and patent Olympic party since that's our last name. And so we give that and the prize to winners of our little contest that we do. But um, I'm leaving up my Olympic themed Christmas tree because I feel that that is kind of wintry. And um, yeah, I, I make a big calendar on foam board with uh, the events that are coming up. I do the metal chart thing in the living room, which... I know metal charts can be <laughs> right. a little, <laughs> but, um, but I enjoy keeping the tally marks and just kind of seeing who's done what. And um, I was blessed enough to travel a lot in college. So all the countries that I've traveled to, I keep track of how they're doing and then kind of go back and forth with my friends that live in those countries um, and just talk about athletes that they're cheering for and that I can get behind. And so it's a lot of fun. Um, but yes, we'll have lots of the Olympic colors, the Olympic flags, because um, we have more than one, of course. We'll probably have the Olympic flag in front of our house and just see what else I come up with over the next few weeks. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's so awesome. And now I have so many ideas. I know. I, I got to get to work. Well, thank you, Sarah. We are just as excited as you. Uh, I'm, I don't know. No, nope. I we're not just excited as she is. I thought we were big Olympic nerds, and then we talked to Sarah. I know, I know, with the Christmas I, tree. I know. I'm a little ashamed of my lack <laughs> of. of... Have to, you have to turn in your Olympic fan card. I might. <laughs> I mean, okay. Theodore Patton, her dog, has mm-hmm. an Instagram account, and even he grams about the Olympics. Well, why wouldn't he? I'm sure he's an old. I mean, fan. that's that's taking it up to another level where your dog is is even doing it. But it's exciting. It was so exciting to talk to her. Yes, it was great. She was yeah, fun. She was fun, and we will have her back on the show as well. Because how could we not? You know, I know it's always well, fun we'll to have her back on the show often. <laughs> She's so positive, and and. You know, I, I tend to go off on rants and tan- tangents and all the terrible things that happen. Yes, so do I. And that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we need Sarah. Right, to balance us out a little bit. So To balance us out in her southern charm. Yes. So, thank you, Sarah. We will talk to you again soon. 
And that wraps up another episode for this week. So thank you once again for listening. If you'd like to give us a shout, we are at info at olimfever.com. Uh, you can call us on, on our voicemail line. That's 530-70-FEVER. You know, and we're on, we're on Twitter and uh, Facebook and all that jazz. And we would love it if you could give us a review on iTunes and share this with your other Olympic friends so that everyone can join in the fun and be fans together. Next week, we're heading to the ice, so tune in then and find out what sport we're talking about. It's going to be a good one. We've had a lot of great interviews lately, so we are excited to share them with you. And until next week, stay warm. Thanks for listening. Stay in touch. Email us at olimfever at gmail.com. That's O-L-Y-M fever at gmail. You can also leave us a voicemail at 530-763-3837. That's 530-70-FEVER. We're on Twitter at Olympfever, and you can join in the conversation at our Facebook group, Olympic Fever Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive. More than anything else, it's like I, I can beat you to the bottom.